and God is good. If you would turn to me to Exodus 32, verse, chapter 1, or verse 1. Exodus 32, verse 1. My God, my God, what a good God we serve this morning, amen? We're learning. <laughs> I'm learning. Verse 1, Exodus. I want to talk about the golden calf this morning. You know, Moses had taken the people out of Egypt. And they're going through this desert. Pharaoh's on their back end. And they're trapped. They caught them against the Red Sea. And if you ever started study that geography, I know you, if you ever look at what, it was like it was, there was a road that went through the mountain. And they had mountains on both sides. There was no way to, no way to, to escape. They were stuck. They were, they were against the Red Sea. And they couldn't run, right? And all of a sudden, Pharaoh's army is coming. And all of a sudden, the, the people that just got delivered, come on. People that just saw God's power delivered them from Egypt wanted to stone Moses. Because they cried out, was there no graves in Egypt that you led us to die here in the wilderness? It's so easy we forget what God has done for us. Huh? And, they, and they, they're angry. They're angry at Moses. And all of a sudden, God says, Pharaoh's coming. He says a, a cloud of fire. He blocks, the, blocks Pharaoh's way with a, a fire. And a cloud. They couldn't, they, they, they couldn't see the people, children of Israel. And all that night, Moses stretched his rod against the sea. And when he got up next morning, the path was open. The sea was open. And the dry land was there for them to pass on. Now, I can't get into the whole thing about it, but these people saw this. You understand what I'm saying? They saw God deliver them. They saw God increase manna that they, they didn't, didn't have anything to eat. They, were, they needed water. He made it come out of a rock. And Moses had to hear their murmuring. But Moses was commanded by God to go into the mountain. And God was going to give them his Ten Commandments. And like I said many a time, this is not ten opinions. <laughs> this is not what God thinks you maybe should do. It's thus said the Lord. You do this or you die. That's tough. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You better thank God for Jesus because when you do break these commandments, he's there to intercede for you. If he wouldn't be there, that was it. And all of a sudden, Moses is up in the mountain. And the people start gathering together at the bottom of the mountain. And Moses hadn't come down for a long time. And, he, and they went to Aaron and he said, look, this is Moses. We don't know if he's dead or what's become of him. So we're gonna, we want you, Aaron, Moses' brother. The guy that spoke 
from Moses in the ears of Pharaoh. You want you, Aaron, to make us a calf. <laughs> and we're going to make that our God. I said to myself, all that God done for you, all the miracles and the power he showed to you, you're going to take, give credit to a, a, an image? And the troubles me about this whole story, Aaron never argued with them. Aaron was the one chosen by God to be the high priest in the temple. But what did Aaron do? Aaron said, bring your gold earrings, get the women together, get all the gold together. And Aaron fashioned them a golden calf. Now listen to me. Aaron was supposed to be, and he was, chosen by God. What was wrong with Aaron? He's the one that stood with Moses. He's the one that saw the water turn into blood. He's the one that saw all the plagues in Egypt. But you see, Moses, when he first started, he couldn't talk very well. You remember that? So the Lord sent his brother Aaron to speak for him. So after a while, Moses started standing up for himself. You know? Moses made it very clear to Pharaoh that I ain't leaving one hoof behind. Pharaoh said, you can go, but you can't. You got to leave your cattle and everything. No, he said, I ain't leaving nothing behind. Mo Moses started getting a little bold. And, and all of a sudden, Moses started speaking for God himself. And, and I guess Aaron got a little jealous. I'm, the, I'm just putting, because I see by the story that Aaron was more than willing to build this calf. And all of a sudden, Aaron erected a golden calf for the people. And he said, let this be our God, O Israel, that leads us out of Egypt. Now watch. I was driving back over here, driving over here this morning, and the Lord spoke to my heart. I told Janice, I said, do you know that it was a preacher that built that golden calf? <laughs> a man of God? <laughs> a man of God built that golden calf, Chucky? Supposed to know better. Supposed to know what righteousness is and what God wants. He's out there building this image. And with no hesitation, read the story. Aaron didn't say, oh, no, we can't do that. Oh, no, let's don't, let's don't try God that way. He said, just bring me all the gold. <coughs> he didn't fight the people. It was a preacher, a man of God. It wasn't the heathens that built that calf. It was a man of God. <laughs> what are you getting at, Brother Lane? I'm going to show you in a minute. Let me read the story to you, okay? And I'm reading out of New King James. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, this preacher, this man of God, Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, 
We do not know what was becoming. Now watch, listen. Moses did not bring them out. God brought them out. See, they, they were saying Moses did all of that. Moses brought us out of Egypt. We don't know what's become. He might have died in, in the mountain. Who could stand in that fiery furnace? The mountain was on fire. All the time they were building that calf, God's presence was evident. The mountain was burning. The presence of God was on that mountain. But yet they decided to rebel. And Aaron helped them. Uh oh. <laughs> Come make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, Break off your golden earrings. Aaron, bring all, go to your wives and go to, and get, gather the gold together, and we're going to fashion this golden calf. Right? Break off the earrings which are. On your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So that all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hands and fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molten calf. Who did it? Aaron did it. Come on, somebody. My God, come on. Listen, when I can see these preachers making golden calves to themselves, come on, worshiping of a man and setting up erecting big old cathedrals and, and, and denominations and churches, we're going to erect our own image. And you know what? Defying the Word of God. They, they go against the Word of God to do it, a lot of them. It's, a, it's, it's not how important I am to you. It's how important Jesus is. I am not more better than you. I'm not more righteous than you. But there are preachers out there that think they can defy God and erect golden calves to themselves and make images of themselves and, and make the people worship them. That is defying God. That is a blaspheming, and that's against the Word of God. Bring your money to me, and God will bless you. Bring your fortune to me. Uh, give me this, and God will give you that. Come on, so you, you get where I'm coming from today? They were erecting these golden images to themselves and God is angry. Don't think because a preacher is behind a pulpit that he's right with God. You better even judge me. I challenge you to judge me. If I'm not right and say something wrong, you, you owe me the respect to come and tell me I'm wrong. But it ain't right. The Bible don't say that. I can say that, well, I don't, I don't need you. That somebody can take your place. No. When we get to the point where we think we can defy God, Aaron heard the voice of God. You got to read that whole story. When God gave the Ten Commandments, he spoke that to the people. And the, and the mountain thundered, and, and trumpets blew. And they were so scared, they said, Moses, don't let God speak to us. You tell us what we need to do, and we'll do it. That didn't last very long. Because they're breaking the very commandment they heard from the mouth of God. Right? And he says, bring this, these, this, this gold and these earrings. And, and he took it and he fashioned this golden calf. 
And verses, uh, then he said, this be your God. How, how, how could he do it? Aaron is telling him, this is going to be your God. They, they even named that, that, that image Jehovah. Make us this calf. Because we're tired of following this Moses. We're tired of this desert life. Come on, Holy Ghost. We're tired of the suffering. So we're going to make a, a new calf to ourselves. We're going to make a new God. This God is too hard. He demands too much. Are you listening to me? <laughs> okay, I just want to be sure. <laughs> this God is too hard. He acts too much. So he went. Aaron made this calf. And, and wait, it's not even the end of the story because Aaron builds an altar to this God. And Aaron, when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation that tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. Then they arose early the next day, offered a burnt offering, and bought a peace offering. And the people sat down. And what did they do? Drink. They got drunk, and they rose up, and they played all kind of fornication, all kind of adultery. They've got debauchery in their mind. They were doing this, they, their minds have got corrupt. See, they know that that golden calf wouldn't judge them. They wanted a God that didn't demand anything of them, right? How dare God tell us we've got to go to church? How dare God tell us we've got to pray? How dare God we can't go here and go there? This is the kind of thing we're doing. Listen, I, I'm only letting you know what God has been telling me. There's some things that he's been speaking to my heart about the direction our nation is going because the preachers, forget about the Democrats, forget about the Republicans. Go back and look at the preachers, these mega churches that are preaching some of the most damnable heresies. Mocking God and mocking holiness and mocking repentance. That is, that is blaspheming the name of the Lord and his word. If the church will get right, the nation will get right. Let me say that again. If the church gets right, the nation will get right. And it tears me up. I'm, I'm, I'm watching that every day. I've I turned my television off. <laughs> I had to. My wife would tell you. I don't want to see the news. I don't want to see, I want to, this, I'm trying to get more involved. I put worship on, uh, getting, getting the, the word of God going in my spirit. Because I know every time I look at this mistrocity, whatever you call it, 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 just, it, it, just, it defeats my spirit. It destroys me. And I'm not trying to ignore it. I'm not telling you to, we got to pray, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. But I can't sit and listen to the sin of this nation any longer. I'm going to pray. File president. I'm going to pray for the vice president. I'm going to pray for the congressmen and senators that they repent and get right with God. You're never going to see ungodly people do godly things. You can forget it. Yeah. Don't expect this stuff we got in office right now to do right. Because they, they defy God. Anybody can support the murdering of a little baby can't be right in his heart. So I'm not looking, I'm, I'm not looking for the president to get right, I'm looking for the church to get right. If the church gets right, do you know 70-some percent, of, it used to be higher than that, 70% of people in America claim to be born again? Oh, really? 
claim to know Jesus as their Savior? I said, what planet are they falling off of? Because if there would be 70-something percent of people born again, born loving Jesus, there would never be an abortion clinic standing we'd have to fight against. And I'm not saying the church didn't fight through history. Listen to me. Praise God. But for America that was founded with the beginning of a righteous constitution that was set by, by God. But somebody got in there and said, we don't need to. Like the letter C in church. Remember we talked about that last time we were talking about, uh, you know, where, where would you go? If, uh, what, what would you do if Jesus came to your house? When, when I was talking about the revelation, when the letter C in church said, we have need of nothing. No, we all right. We got money. We got, we got fame. We got, well, no, you know, we got everything we need. We don't need to pray anymore. We don't need to see God anymore. Okay. Listen to what the Lord said. After all of this, this is God's rebuke. Verse 7. And the Lord said to Moses, get down. For your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Oh. God gave, us, uh, gave Moses a word. Go down there. These people are corrupted. They've, they've, they've fallen in all manner of sin. Right? They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a mountain calf and worshipped it. Sacrificing to it and said, this is your God. O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Giving credit to this image they made with their own hands as the deliverer. That delivered them out of Egypt. You don't think God was angry? Come on, you don't think God was furious? God doesn't get angry. He's all love. Forget it. He told Moses, I'm going to kill the whole bunch of them. You go ahead and read the story. Listen, I'm going to make my covenant with you, Moses. As for the rest of them. But Moses being the intercessor he is, Moses being the type of Christ that he is, interceding for the people and said, listen, you remember, God, what you said in Egypt? Do you want the people of Egypt, the Pharaoh and all these people to say, God sent them in the wilderness to kill them? And believe it or not, Moses changed God's mind. Because <laughs> he was going to destroy them. You have to read the whole story. I got time this morning. But Moses appeased the heart of God by intercession. Don't think your praying doesn't stop the judgment of God. It could. That's somebody you know that's living in sin. Every time you pray, it's holding back God's judgment on their life. I got family members that need to be saved, and I know they're not living right. Every time I pray, Sister Ethel, that holds back the judgment of God on their life. When you pray, things happen. Moses prayed and, and asked God to hold his hand back. But watch. Moses went down that mountain, Right? He had those Ten Commandments in his hand. The very thing that would have guided him through the wilderness. And he gets down there and he's looking. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. He wasn't a happy camper. He didn't get up with this modern day message. Oh, God loves you. God is all love. God don't judge today. God, God, God is patient. Oh, no, he didn't do that. He didn't say... Well, we, we're not going to talk about sin because we don't want you to get sin consciousness. We don't want you to get 
worried about sin. He was angry. Moses went down. God half which he owed Joshua. I like Joshua. He was waiting for Moses. Moses was 40 days and 40 nights in that mountain. And Joshua was waiting for Moses. Joshua says, Lord, oh, he didn't call Moses. He said, he, says, he said, there is war in the camp. He said, there ain't no war going on in the camp. He said, there's sin going on in the camp. Rivalry and wickedness. Oh, but you know, listen, you listen to a lot of preachers, man. How they painted God. They changed God all. They dressed God up in a new uniform. You know, they, they got God. <laughs> listen, God is not angry. God don't deal with sin that he, he like the same he did at once. He's long-suffering. We like to quote those verses. But watch what he said here. And he turned the sound quickly, and, uh, quickly out of the way in verse 8. Which I command them, God's talking to Moses. They have made themselves a molten calf and worshipped it and sacrificed it. This is your God, O Israel, and brought, I brought you out of the land. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen the people indeed in stiff neck. Now see, they're stiff neck people. Now, therefore, let me alone. What is he going to do to them? That my wrath may burn hot against them. <laughs> Consume them. And I will make of you a great nation. Now watch. I love the heart of Moses. You know when Jesus was on the cross. And they were spitting on him. And they crucified him. Nailed him to that old cross. Lord Jesus. And he looked up and said, Father, forgive them. But they don't know what they're doing. And Moses is here. And Moses pled with the Lord, pleaded with the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, why, do, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and might and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, he's brought them out to harm them or to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your furious wrath. <laughs> I need a man preaching for, praying for me like that. <laughs> Turn from your anger, God. Spare these people. Lord, these are your people. These are the people that you brought out of Egypt. Don't kill them. Don't destroy them. Why should the Egyptians speak in verse 12? Say he brought them out to harm to kill them in the mountain and consume them from the, from the face of the earth. Turn from your furious wrath and relent or repent from what you're fixing to do. That's what he was telling the Lord. He had a lot of guts because I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Lord, turn from what you're fixing to do. Relent from, his, from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Your servants to whom you swore by your, your own selves and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and all the... You remember the promises, God? You remember what the promise you made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? How are you going to do that if you kill them all right here? See, Moses was smart. <laughs> Listen, sometimes I'm praying and I know God is angry because I don't do everything perfect. 
All I can say, Chucky, is God forgive me. How am I going to argue with God? What, what appeases the heart of God? Humbleness, repentance, true sincerity of, 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 of turning from that. A broken and a contrite heart, the Bible says, God will not despise. And he's praying. <laughs> but he changed his mind quick. <laughs> because he said, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your servant to whom you swore by your own self, said to them, I will multiply your descendants as stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken, I will give to your descendants. And they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented or turned from the anger that he was going to do to the people. From the harm which he had said he would do to his people. And Moses turned and went down with the two tablets of testimony in his hand. The tablets were written on both sides. What were those tablets? The Ten Commandments. And on the other, they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God. And the writing was, and I want you to catch it, this was the work of God. And the writing... Written, now, the tablets were the work of God, and, and the writing was written of God, engraved on tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people, as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is noise of war in the camp. But he said, No, this is not a noise of shout of victory, nor for the noise of cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. So it was as soon as he came near the camp, he saw the calf. <laughs> Moses was feeling what God was feeling. Come on, Jesus. See, Moses didn't really grasp to why God was angry like he was. You hear me? My wife tells me something, Lanny, you're going to get a high blood pressure. I can't. It's just it, unrighteousness. Unjustice angers me. When I see babies and murders, that angers me. When I see men trying to shake their fists in God's face, that angers me. And defy what he said he would do. If it don't anger you, there's a problem. If we're not angered at unrighteousness, when we see the calf, Moses saw the calf. Look, I want you to get a piece. He's walking with those tablets in his hands. And he looks down. And he sees that calf. What happens to Moses? He starts singing amazing grace. Kumbaya. All I've seen and come short of the glory of God. Then he starts quoting scripture. Oh, he's angry. He got mad. And he was angry. And he took down tablets. And I can about imagine the people... Sitting there, and knowing Moses had the word of God in his hand, and he slammed them on the ground and broke them at the feet of the mountain. Then Moses went and grabbed and broke that calf into powder. And he made them, mixed it with the water, and he said, you're going to drink the bitterness of your sin. My Lord, that'll preach. Hallelujah. People wonder why they're having so much trouble. You Come on, Holy Ghost. After God has to break something, your, your, your sin, and make you drink it. Broke it to powder. And made him drink 
their sin. My Lord, don't ever put an idol before God. Don't ever put a preacher before God. Don't ever put a church before God. Don't put a mama or a daddy or a child before God because one day it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Lenny, you sound like this God is real. Yes, he is. You better believe he's angry at the sinner every day. He, he's grieved what he sees. It's only his long suffering and his mercy that he ain't judged America yet. If he doesn't judge America, if he doesn't repent, he owes uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. <coughs> the other day I was watching, and this, this is innocent. I stopped watching because I, I just get too angry. They had a man and a, two men, and they made it look so natural. Hugging each other and loving each other. Like, 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 like that's two women sitting on the side of a, a, a swimming pool in bikinis kissing each other. It seems so natural. They're trying to present it, and God is angry at it. God said, the Bible said, not a man lay with a man as he lay with a woman. It's an abomination. The Bible says God hates it. I can't make God love something he don't love. He hates it. He hates fornication. He hates sodomy. He hates uh, uh, you know, all of this stuff. Is, it's sin. He hates the shedding, shedding of innocent blood. He hates it. But no, we have God loving everything now. Listen, God ain't changed his mind about sin. I guarantee you. He ain't changed his mind about what we place above him. I guarantee you. And we wonder why we can't hear from God. We wonder why God is not speaking to us as Christians. Maybe because we got some little gold calves we don't want to put down. Your gold calf might not be what my gold calf is. But we have to lay those things down. Whatever separates you from God, whatever separates you from wanting God, whatever separates you from worshiping God and honoring God, you need to put it down. Grind it to powder. And this, is, this story is not something that you're going to hear preach over a lot of pulpits because we, we, we don't, we, the Old Testament is not for today. Let me tell you something. God's character is for today. God feels about sin like he fell back there. God is not going to change. He's going to judge sin. The only hope you have is Jesus Christ. The only atonement man has is the blood of Christ and what he did on the cross. And Moses... Where, where was I? I lost my spot. <laughs> 21? Moses said to Aaron, what did, what did this people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? Aaron, what's wrong with you? What, 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 what did they do to you? Come on, somebody. What did God, what did the people, how did these people get you to sin? They didn't have to do hardly nothing. Because Aaron had a pride problem. Because he, he let it go too easy. He, he did it too fast. He, Moses was in charge. And Aaron used to be the one speaking for God. Because Moses did not. You remember that? And maybe he found a way. He could get the people back on his side. I don't know. But what would make Aaron do this? What makes a preacher tell you there's another way other than Jesus? I can name some preachers right now. I'm not going to do that. There's one of them in Texas right now says that the Jews don't have to repent at all because they, they have their own covenant. He said it, not me. Well, Jesus wasted his time going to the Jewish people. Paul wasted his time trying to rend the Jews to Jesus. 
if that's true. There's no dual covenant. There's one. That's a, that's a golden calf. That is trying to take away what the Holy Spirit wanted to do to convert the nation of Israel back to, to the Lord. Well, you know what Revelation is all about. That's about bringing Israel to repentance. That's about getting the, the Jewish people back on track with God. But <laughs> what have you done, Aaron? I heard a preacher a while back. I was at a funeral. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but you should have heard that sloppy message. It's almost like it don't matter what the person lived like. She's in heaven or he's in heaven. <laughs> I should, hey, God told me to go. I didn't. I, got, I, got, I, I should have went to him and said, you're in trouble with God, man. No, it's, it's not. No, you don't know. It's, it's no. Uh, it's somebody had, I mean, Jansen went to. But I said, I, I should. I would disobey God. I, I had to ask. I want to go tell him, man, you're in trouble with God. How dare you say that making those people feel good where they're at. And I know a lot of them were drunks. I know a lot of them was, you know, living in sin. But yet he made it feel like everybody's going to heaven. You know? The person met her husband in heaven. He was making it sound so beautiful. And, and, and he, just come on in, honey. <laughs> no. From what I understand, the person that was in that casket, when she was living, her, she was nothing but debauchery, man. She's lived a, 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 she wasn't a very pleasant person. But because a preacher, come on somebody, said it was okay. <laughs> Wait, Aaron said it was okay. Aaron said, yeah, let's get together. We're going to make this golden calf, and we're going we're gonna to call it God. We're going to call it after God's name. I ain't got much time. I'm going to read you a few scriptures, okay? Well, let me finish this off first. And, and I'm going to paraphrase some, because the next verse scriptures, you're just going to have to write them down, okay? And Moses said, what have you done? What, what did these people do to you? And I brought so great a sin upon them. Aaron said, do not, do, not, <laughs> do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. <laughs> it was too late. <laughs> Don't get mad. <laughs> Don't get angry. You know the people that are set on evil. For they said to me, make us a gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And I said to them, whatsoever goal you have, let them break it off. And so they, they gave it to me, and I cast it into the fire, and there come the calf. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look, I threw it in there, and it came out by itself. <laughs> what a sorry excuse for a preacher. <laughs> It's their fault. They stiff-necked. And they brought all the gold and they threw it in there. Out came the cow. He didn't tell us he fashioned it. He didn't tell them that he, he put it together. He, he's the one engraved. He, he put the image up. Or it just came out of the fire. How many of you pray like that sometimes? God, I know it was wrong, but you know, you better go check out Brother So-and-So. They're not worse than me. <laughs> 
You know? Oh, my God. It was a preacher that done that. A man of God, right? <laughs> he was mad. Moses was mad. <laughs> Moses didn't, wasn't going to stand for that. Aaron heard God. The elders of Israel heard God. But it just came out by itself. Mm-mm. How many glad we have the Bible? <laughs> the Bible hurts sometimes. <laughs> You know, when God's doing something in our life and he's correcting us, and we get angry at God because, you know, you shouldn't be messing with me like God. I go to church, I do that, and that's all good stuff. But you know in your heart something is wrong. But you make excuses for your sin, right? Right? Amen. Ouch or something. <laughs> we make excuses. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I go lie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm praying and I'm looking at situations. Well, God, you know, and it was like this, and and, and it was. And I sh- I, you should have said. And it, I've always got excuses. I started pressing. God, how stupid! And God says, "Lenny, it's sin," but yet I'm making excuses for it. Okay. <laughs> and God had a remedy. If you had to read the whole story, God or Moses. But with the Lord ordered everybody that had rebelled against him to be destroyed. All these people. Why, why he saved Aaron? Because of his mercy and his grace. Because he still had a plan. You, unless he had a plan for Aaron. You might say, God could never use me because I've sinned such a great sin. If he has a plan for you, if you repent. I believe Aaron made it right with God. I believe Aaron is in heaven today. I don't believe God's showing him back the cameras of life and said, look what you've done. Aaron is enjoying the glories and presence of the Lord right now because he, he repented. But it didn't go without a price because if you read further in the story, his two sons that would have took his place started offing up what they call strange fire. And what that was, they were supposed to take fire from the altar to, to do the work of, of the Lord. And they, they got strange fire. They got it from somewhere else. And God burned them alive. God burned him alive. <laughs> and you know, Aaron is crying. And, and, and the Lord told Moses, tell Aaron, you don't cry for them boys. Ooh. You don't even weep for them. And Aaron's trying to do the Lord's work. And he's realizing, I guess, it's because I started this whole mess. I planted that in him to defy God. And he couldn't function as a high priest. In and, 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 and the Lord... He, he was sick, his stomach, he got sick, he, his bowels were all hurting. He, he realized what he had done, where the price of what he had done was cost, and he cost his two sons, burned them alive because they offered up strange fire to the Lord to try to give God something that, that wasn't right, that God told him not to do. Okay. If you read, and I'm going to let you turn now. I'm going to just quote it, okay? Jesus makes a quote in Matthew 24. The disciples that came to him and said, What's going to be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? And I want you to get a picture of Aaron for a minute because he deceived the people, right? He, he, he led them to sin. See, they just went there. He could have said no, right? Could have said, I'm not going to defy God that way. But he went along with it because he had a motive. 
He wanted something. And when he found out it wasn't his to get, he realized that he needed to get right with God, and which he did. First warning that Jesus gave to the disciples, and you don't have to turn it, close your Bibles, just scratch it down. I'm going to paraphrase it for you, okay? <laughs> Jesus said the very first warning, the very first thing you're going to look for before he comes back, take heed in chapter uh, 30, 24, verse 4, take heed that no man deceive you. Matthew 24. Take heed, and that was going to be the very first thing to look for. Because that was going to be a mass deception taking place before Christ comes back. Man, I could put the television, listen to some of these preachers. They're not preaching the gospel. They're preaching get gain, get rich schemes. They're, getting, they're preaching no sin gospels, secret sensitive gospels. You know, we don't need to repent anymore. God don't want us to do that. We're his children. We're all God's, we're child of the king. You ever heard that said? And they're deceiving millions. Second Peter, chapter 2, verse 1, talks about Peter's addressing the idea of false teachers. And they're going to come out in droves. They're going to be teaching lies. They're going to be teaching false doctrine. And, and, and if you read 2 Peter, chapter 2, verse 1, to 2, he said, many are going to follow their pernicious ways or deceitful ways. They're going, to have, they're going to look like Christians. They're going to look like preachers. They're going to have a form of godliness. But the Bible says the, first they're going to deny the power or the Holy Ghost thereof. They're going to deny the very presence of God. They're going to deny everything that is holy and just. And they're going to lie and deceive the people. The many, says, going to, many are going to follow their pernicious ways. Now, this one is a good one. In John, uh, I want you to turn it to be my last turn. In Jude chapter 1, it was just one chapter in Jude. <laughs> Verse 16. He's also warning about false teachers. Oh, uh, my question is, what was wrong with Aaron? Why? Well, Aaron was doing exactly what preachers are doing today. They can read it. They read the very word. They read the scriptures. They see what it says, but they don't do it. The Bible says in the last days, many are going to come and say, did we not prophesy, stand before the Lord? Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not do all these miracles in your name? He said, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. He's going to tell them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Because their message wasn't the message of Christ. Their message was a golden calf. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You get what I'm talking about? <laughs> they offered the people a golden calf. They offered the people a new way to worship. They presented the people with another God. And they even put God's name on it to make it really feel holy. Hmm? To make it really feel like it was God doing that. They even put his name on it. That didn't work. <laughs> he was angry. He was mad. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. When God is at rage, let me tell you something. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of the fence, buddy. I was telling somebody the other day with all the stuff that's going on in the world, there ain't one world leader 
from the Babylonians to the Grecians to the, to, to, to the Medes and the Persians to the Romans to Hitler to, to what we got now. That's not one ever defeated God. They all defied him. They all fought him. But God, they never won, not one. The devil himself cannot defeat God. Come on, somebody. All these great men that call themselves gods, they would name themselves as, the people wouldn't worship them and call them God, they'd kill them. But not one escaped death. Not one is not burning in the fires of hell right now. Not one. You say, well, America looks like it's in backshot. I don't care if it's Biden or Trump or whoever. They will not, they will not escape God. I personally believe the abortion issue, God ended that thing. And when they stand up and they say, we're going to keep it going, you know who they're fighting? <laughs> they're not fighting the Republican Party. They're not fighting the Democrats. They're not fighting the church. They're fighting God. And they will not win. I have no problem saying that. I know I'm going on the internet. I'm going to tell you right now, Democrats and Republicans and whoever, you will not win. You can stand up and shake your fist in God's face. All You're going to die one day, and you're going to stand up before an almighty God and give an account for your miserable, sinful life and how you supported the murdering of babies. You will stand before the Lord one day, and you will not win. I don't think, I think we can win. No, you're not going to win. Ask the people in history, those that did the very same thing, those that slaughtered God's priceless children in these Roman Colosseums, beheaded them, threw them to beasts and lions and tore them apart with the word and the name of Jesus on their breath. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not denying the King of kings and Lord of lords. They died with the, 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 the word of Jesus on their breath. Maybe one day that'll be us. We're not guaranteed we're not going to have to die before Jesus comes back. I believe we're going to go for the, before the rapture. But there's millions of millions of Christians that have died waiting for the same thing we're waiting for. I hope when I, if that happens to me, I can go with amazing grace, how sweet. This. Boy, that'd make the devil mad. I'd save the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. My Lord, I was blind, but now I see. My God. When I, can, I hear stories of people that die, just natural deaths and they go, but singing Amazing Grace, calling on the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What a way to die. <laughs> Knowing that you're going to heaven. Knowing that you're going to see your maker just in a little while. Knowing you're going to be pain-free and suffering-free and never to see death ever again. Never to see pain and suffering ever again. Never have to face sin again. How life starts for you. The eternal life. The beginning of all eternity. You'll never see suffering ever, 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 ever again. My God, what a promise. But it will happen. It will happen. Let me read verse 16. Jude is predicting an apostate church, an apostate society when, when the end times will come. These are grumpers and complainers, I mean, in New Kingdom, walking after their own lusts. When a man's going to cry for 40, 
a $24 million airplane, he's got some lust in him. He already claimed to be, I'm not going to name his name because I'm trying to. He, one of these prosperity preachers claimed to be, he's, he's almost a billionaire, Chucky. He said it himself. Yet he's crying for the people to buy him a $24 million. You stole enough. Why'd you go, go buy your own? Claims to be almost a he, 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 he didn't grin. He smiled. I'm almost a billionaire. Yeah, how do you get that money? You're grumbling. That's what it is. Filthy lucre. It's taking some poor lady's light bill. And one, of these, one of these lady preachers said, they asked her, said, don't you feel bad about taking somebody's light bill or, you know, you know, she said, no, I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> Somebody will take her and just, <laughs> I'm not for strike. I said, you fil- filthy lucre. You don't feel bad when somebody can't pay their light bill because they gave the money to you? And you're already filthy rich? God help us. All right. Uh, walking after their own lust, and they, they mouth great swelling words. Or they speak swelling words or fancy words. Or they flatter in people to gain advantage. You know what that means? They use. <laughs> Come. You want your debts paid off? Give me a thousand. And I'm going to go on and on. Flatter with their mouth. Do you know how often they've been doing that? The only people that are getting rich is them. Flattering, making, the, making it sound so nice and so smooth and swaying people with their words to give their money. Listen, I'm going to share something with you. You notice since I've been here, I've never really talked about money. It doesn't take the responsibility of you as, in this church to, to keep this church going. You have a responsibility to pay your tithes and offerings. And I'm not going to hide on that because I've done it for years and I've seen God bless me many times. But nobody had to come tell me. It was just something I knew I had to do. Really. If you make $100, according to the, the law, $10, $10 is God's. If you make $500, $50, is, if you're going to give a tenth of what you owe. Now, I'm going to tell you what. That is a, me, I've done it for years, and I'm not trying to get on the subject of giving, please. Let, I've done it for years, and I've always said, well, that's a way I can give to God. A set way. Where I can, I can sow into the kingdom of God. If this church is blessing you, if this ministry is blessing you, if you feel good and you're growing and, and, and being fed by the Lord, you ought to be supporting this church. Everyone in here. That is your responsibility. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now. Me and my wife pay tithes, Chucky. And we paid every time my business, you know, I get a check, I'll give. And sometimes it's a lot. But nobody had to tell me because we want to be able to support. I want to make sure that in my life that I can give unto the work of the Lord. And it came back to me. One time, it was adding on to my house. And I got, my house was like 28 by 30. It was small at the time. And we... Out of that section, that should cost us $10,000. Somebody came, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have to beg for it. They came and gave us $10,000. I didn't tell nobody I needed it. I'm not lying to you. My wife says, honest, 
that little, that little addition was paid off in three weeks. But we had sold. We never, never, it was just automatic. I don't know what you have to, you, you, you give as God tells you to give, right? You sow as God, I'm not going to tell you, listen, let me see your paycheck and this is how much you need. That's your business. It ain't mine. It's yours and God's. Now, when, 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 when these people get on there and, and there's some gold calves, y'all, serious, I'm still finishing up, but it's like they, they, they rear up these golden calves, these little empires to themselves, and they expect you to f- provide the gold for it. Right? They don't look at their own pocket. They're getting rich off of you. Listen, you should examine where you give your money. Seriously. You should examine. If, 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 if you feel you're, you're, me and my wife here, we, we, we weigh everything. Seriously, we, we, we weigh everything. We, 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 everything is numbered. I mean, we got it. And I'm not going to tell you what, but it's, very, it's balanced. I mean, we give, everything gets paid. Everything is done. You know, if the church needs some repairs, we'll do it. But I'm responsible. You're responsible for that. But to get the thing of giving, what these people were doing, right, is that they were getting gold for their calf, so to speak. They were, they were using the people and, 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 and gaining for themselves, God is angry at that. He says, where was it? <laughs> but you, beloved, remember the words which the Lord spoke before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there will be mockers in the last days. These men are mockers. They're mocking God's word. These women are mocking God's word. Who walk according to their own ungodly lusts, right? They're, fought, they're feeding their self with the people of God, and they're gaining money and fortune from people that probably can't afford to give it sometime. And they, they, got, they, they, read, they want you to give the gold, right? Turkey, all of y'all, brother Al, men of this church and women, they want you to provide the gold. Now the preacher said, bring all the gold. Bring them. <laughs> bring all the money. Bring all the gold into and, 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 and the preachers are erecting golden calves. And I'm, looking, I'm talking about spiritually, okay? They're piling this gold up in their own name. They got it in their own account. They're putting it in their own pockets. And they're using the name of Jesus to do it. Now, why am I preaching this? You're going to have to leave this church, like I said, and make some decisions. Please don't, just because a man begs for money, that doesn't mean he's a a preacher of the gospel. There's not not very many many out there. I personally believe Brother Swagger does a good job. You know, I believe he's he's trying to get the gospel out. Over here, we're doing this. Listen, this little message is getting out on the internet. Like I said, it can go to Germany, it can go to France, it goes everywhere. I've had some, we talked about it, I mean, Lord, when, they got people listening from Ireland to us this morning. It's gonna, we're going to put it on the internet, they're going to be able to hear it. So the gospel is getting out. Just because we don't have thousands, come on, so <laughs> we have God's people here that can make a difference here. 
And they flatter with their lips. They, they, they make them, they, you know, you, they got these big smiles on TV. You ever saw them? Slicked hair backs and <laughs> cool backs, whatever you call it. What you call it? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> they, they make a merchandise of you. They play, prey on gull, gullible people. And, they're, and, and what they're looking for is people that are sensitive. They really want to please God. They, they, they make people believe actually that they're men of God. And these people are sincere. And they're not, the people that are giving it, giving it not, not bad people. They just think they're, they're doing God's will. And these, pe- these preachers, they make merchandise of them. They flatter with their lips. Now, I want to tell you something this morning. And I, I preach this because I want you to know. Be watching. Be looking. Because we're in a time where I've seen more deception. I, you're almost amazed. I can't believe a preacher saying that. I was hearing one the other day. I said, Chucky, God, you, God owes you. That's what he said. God owes you. He, he's, he, you. God owes you. I said, come on, be for real. God owes me? God has to pay you back. I said, where in the world is that bonehead getting that from? Because it sounds good. Because he, he, he wants you to feel that God owes you. So everything God does for you, God is responsible to give it to you. He owes it to you. I'm going to tell you something right now. Flat, if he's, I don't know if he's listening to me, but he's a liar. God doesn't owe me or him or you or anybody. God saved you. God you gave his life for you. How much more God can owe you? God owes me? God, 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 God's just paying his debt? <laughs> Come on. I said, I can't believe somebody, they ought to run that guy out of town, man. They ought to, the, preach, the people at church ought to run it, but they don't. They love it. They love to have it so. They love smooth. As long as he don't talk about my adultery, as long as he don't talk about my, you know, my, my robbing God, or as long as he don't talk about you know, my fornication and, and, and lack of commitment to God, I'm all right with it. <laughs> no, we need to realize God don't owe us nothing. We owe him everything. He owns everything. He, he, listen. He can cut your bread off tomorrow if he wants today. He, he gives you your next bread. Let him take your bread for, for five minutes. You're going to find out how much he owes you. <laughs> oh. Okay, let's stand up. Praise God. You might be saying, well, that's a hard mess. But let me tell you something. It's, I, I want you to be blessed, Okay. And the only way you're going to be blessed if you're in a proper place with God. All right? It don't bother me to talk about what I'm talking about because, you know, I go through trials and tests. But one thing we, me and Janice do, we try to honor the Lord with our lives. Okay? Uh, I see what's happening. How many of you get angry every time you put the TV on? Come on. Well, no, I turn it off a lot more than often. Listen, it doesn't anger you to see these wicked people. You can see what they're about. But yet they're portrayed as good and you're portrayed as evil. Watch. 
They'll call evil good and good evil. They look at us, church people, as troublemakers. They even listen to us as terrorists right now in some places. The government already listed uh, Christians as terrorists. Forget about Black Lives Matter. They didn't burn our whole towns down. Nobody talks about them being terrorists. Destroying people's business. But you see what I'm saying? That's good. Because they're angry. They just, they're just expressing themselves. Well, let them go on the moon and express themselves. Leave other people alone. God is angry. But I know for you, you can live in the peace of God. Listen, don't, don't let society destroy your faith. Because that's the thing that God, God wants us caught up in a lot of things. He wants us caught up worrying about this and that. Please, find time with the Lord. Turn the TV off. If it makes you uh, angry and doubtful and bitter, turn it off. Listen, you don't owe these people nothing. <laughs> really? <laughs> you don't have to listen to them at all. I think if we get less people listening to them, they might go off the air maybe. I hope so. Because most people don't realize that the media depends on sponsors. And if there's nobody watching them, no sponsors, they're not going to go on there. And, and maybe they might leave. I hope. <laughs> but anyway, today is another day where we got to make some decisions, right? I've been praying, Lord, I want you to pour out your spirit on this church. Let me go back. I want you to pour out your spirit in this community. When I read the stories of the great revivals that took place, I was telling them a while ago, we're sitting back, there was a man that went to a, 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 an island. There were nothing but heathens. I think they were, they were uh, cannibals. None. They were all lost. Black magic, voodoo. He went, <laughs> God help <laughs> Went there, started a church. You know when he left, there wasn't one that wasn't a Christian. <laughs> he won the whole island, Kevin, to the Lord. I said, man, what a preacher. What did he do that, that influenced him so much? The Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. I had one preacher I knew, and he was saying his, he was going overseas. He, he was going in the jungles. And his mama was worried about him. <laughs> He said, son, they go eat you up. <laughs> he said, at least you'll have a taste of the gospel. <laughs> yeah. So he went, he didn't get eat up. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think he married one of the women that lived, lived over there. But anyway, that's for another day. <laughs> you know, there's a, when people see us, do they get a taste of the gospel? Huh? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for this morning. Lord, I pray for the Holy Spirit to have its way. Lord, I pray in, in the name of Jesus for this community. Lord, I've been praying every, almost every night that you would, you would deal with the people in this area, Lord God, that they would find Christ in their lives. Show them their sins, Father God. And Lord, we pray for those that are sick, those that have drifted away. Father, as the body of Jesus Christ, we pray that you would work and deal with them, Lord God. Lord, I thank you. Help us to understand your way and to walk in your way. In Jesus' name.